Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Workbreak. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Workbreak takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Brandon Weber, CEO of Nava Benefits. Nava Benefits is a cross-functional team of benefits and technology experts on a mission to bring high-quality, affordable health care to all Americans. Brandon, thank you for joining me today. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So the main thing that I wanted to talk to you about is financial wellness. And actually, a recent Bank of America survey found that 84% of employers now believe that offering financial wellness tools can help reduce employee attrition. So my first question for you about this is, what do you think has led financial wellness to become an essential benefit? It's a very timely topic and timely question. We actually recently did a podcast on the topic. And another data point is that financial wellness benefits are now in the top three of most requested and prioritized benefits by small and medium-sized HR team. So it's definitely happening. I think that what has led it to become such an essential benefit is I think two things. One, there's an increasing amount of data showing that finances are a driver for many kind of downstream challenges that employees have at work. Their stress, concern, lack of support over finances causes absenteeism, it causes mental health issues. It's actually at the root of a lot of actually just general broader health and productivity issues for employees. So that's one key thing. So I think the data is in and it's showing we've got to do a better job of supporting employees and their families around financial management planning. And then the second thing is you and I are sitting here having this conversation in the middle of what feels like a trend toward recession and a 40-year high inflation and interest rate and commodity prices going through the roof. I think there's an extra amount of pressure on the average American family when it comes to managing their finances and just trying to feel okay. And I think both of those kind of factors combined have really driven this, I think, rise of the financial wellness benefits category being both very interesting to HR teams and also just be very important to you know, the wellness of employees and their families. Right. And like you said, with this looming recession kind of hanging over everyone and people are looking for more support from their employers to kind of help learn how to manage their finances, what does a strong financial wellness program look like? Like, what can you offer to your employees? Yeah, absolutely. So financial wellness is kind of a new approach to this idea that every person, every employee in their family should have a financial advisor. You shouldn't need to be wealthy or hit a certain income threshold to have someone who's advising you on kind of all the components of your family's finances. So what we find is that the kind of best in class financial wellness programs, first of all, they achieve that. So they provide every employee with the option of signing up with and spending time with a financial advisor who supports them. So that's kind of first step. And then the areas that they cover are pretty broad, actually. How do you budget? Just literally set a budget for you and your family that makes sense. How do you plan for retirement and savings? So thinking about strategies with 401ks, if your employers offer that and other aspects. How do you actually think about your benefits and utilizing those benefits? So healthcare is a huge investment that employers make and that employees make. 
So what's the right benefits plan and health insurance plan to choose for your family? How should you think about health savings accounts and FSA accounts? Those are parts of it. I'd say the last bit of it is really ongoing support. So that advisor relationship functioning as a day-to-day you know, support system for you. If you've got questions or concerns or issues from a financial standpoint, you've got a person to go to. I think one other thing that HR teams are really looking toward this category to support them on is explaining the various aspects of their compensation to employees so they really understand them. So you might have heard that you know, kind of term like the total rewards, compensation, review, or dashboard. Those are some components. That makes a lot of sense. So with those kind of like brass tacks of what goes into a financial wellness program laid out, do you have any advice for HR professionals who are creating or expanding these programs within their own companies? Yeah, absolutely. We recommend you start just by assessing the status quo. Uh, What do you have today in terms of financial resources? Are you offering your employees a 401k program? Does that 401k program come with an optional advisor relationship? Take stock of what's there. And then what we like to do is just really start early. If you're trying to roll this out around a renewal timeline, you absolutely don't have to. So it's oftentimes smart to think about rolling this out outside of your typical benefits renewal if you're crunched for time and resources. But we typically run a pretty deep RFP process with the leading candidates on the financial wellness vendor side of things and make sure that we're answering the same questions for all of them and really evaluating them like for like as we go through the process. And a third component is just having conversations with our employees and with our members. We built an employee survey that touches on aspects of financial wellness so that we've got some good data points coming in on where are our employee population feeling the kind of the need the most. And that varies pretty wildly depending on the type of employee base you have, whether it's a manufacturing blue-colored off-site employee population or a white-collar technology company. They're going to have different needs because you've got different demographics. So those are kind of the three components that will help guide you to the right answer whether that's the right vendor or the right broader kind of program point of view. Right. And just shifting gears a little bit, one thing on a lot of HR professionals' minds is the effects of the great resignation and just unprecedented turnover rates and retention issues. What role do you think having a financial wellness program could play in retaining and keeping on talent? It starts with folks who don't feel like they understand how to manage their finances, don't understand actually the compensation, you know, their risks, both for productivity risks and absenteeism, as well as leaving the company. So financial wellness programs, when done well, are first off really good at helping employees understand and value the benefits and the compensation that the employer is offering. That's huge because oftentimes a core driver for leaving the organization is because you undervalue or you just don't feel like you're compensated fairly. You know, second component is what we hear over and over again is employees are, they're looking for an employer that is kind of meeting them where they are in terms of their needs of their family. And, you know, as I said at the very beginning, the data is in that kind of financial support and financial stress related to finances is a key driver of you know, a lot of mental health issues and absenteeism issues. So an employer who is supporting them there and providing 
you know, very tangible value proposition of, hey, every employee at, at our company gets access to a financial advisor that guides them through the various financial aspects of their life and their role. That's a pretty big benefit. That's a pretty exciting one to explain to a net new employer, an existing one at you know, an upcoming enrollment. I think it's really compelling and it meets the moment. It's, it's exactly where a lot of people are feeling pain today. So I think those are two big reasons that this helps with dealing with employee retention and trying to improve the stickiness of your organization. Definitely. And kind of beyond improving retention, you had mentioned that a lot of financial issues play a role in employee stress levels. You also mentioned absenteeism. So what other drawbacks are there from financial stressors and what other benefits are there in implementing a financial wellness program for employers? Like, could you expand on what you've already touched on? Yeah. I mean, the data is pretty crazy. I'm, I'm actually just looking at a couple of data points. So 36% of employees making over six figures are still living paycheck to paycheck. 47% of employees cannot handle an unforeseen $500 expense without worry. 37% of adults are not saving for retirement. So you get these things that feel pretty existential. And, you know, the downstream impacts are mental health, lack of sleep, physical health deteriorating, productivity both at work and relationships at home. And so it's it's really broad. And, and I'm sure just you and I as humans can kind of empathize with that feeling of when you feel money stress, that money stress is pretty root to a lot of, you know, it's very stressful. It feels very existential. It's tied to your sense of just safety and, and having the resources that you need. So yeah, this you know, downstream, this kind of work-related productivity stuff, which we talked about, health-related, you work out less, you sleep less your stress levels are up. And then relationship related, you know, money stress is one of the leading causes of relationship stress, uh, which may be no surprise to, you know, the folks who are listening. So that's maybe expanding a little bit on the impacts of financial issues. Yeah, financial issues really are one of those things that touches into every aspect of your life when things are going well and when things are going badly too. Indeed. I think it's kind of the business case for why this benefit category is gaining so much attention. Yeah. And you had mentioned a little bit earlier that it's important to find what's best for your workforce. So I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about how to assess financial wellness programs and find what's working, what's not working, what other options might be available. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of the, you know, of the community listening to this podcast probably work with a benefits consultant or benefits broker who, frankly, a very large part of their job is to be the, like, the real muscle behind evaluating various strategies and categories of benefits. So my first thing, uh, kind of advice would be lean on your benefits broker. If they haven't brought this category to you, you know, maybe that's a problem that's on their plate and lean on them to bring to you the options and then guide you through evaluating those options. That's core to what we do at Nava Benefits. And, and I think it's just really part of the job to be done of, of a great benefits partner. And so that's first and foremost. So like leverage your partners. And if they're not bringing this to you, you really got to push them to. And then we're big believers just in evaluating, you know, taking a fairly scientific approach to evaluating various options. So, you know, it starts with let's assess our needs. So look at where we're at. There's usually employee kind of data points. There's internal HR data points. And then there's talking to the executive team. That helps us form the basis of an RFP or a, an evaluation criteria. And then we strongly recommend evaluating multiple potential partners, both qualitatively and then quantitatively in terms of you know, what their offer terms are, what their contract arrangement is, what their pricing is. 
And you can run that process fairly efficiently. That can be a one month tip to tail process if you've got a good partner who's been there before and guided you. I think what we're seeing now is there is a kind of a traditional paradigm of financial services, you know, 401k and employee assistance program, stuff like that. And then there's a more modern paradigm, which is the kind of financial wellness category that has a digital component to it. You know, maybe it's an app or an online presence where employees are interacting with. We're really excited about kind of that new paradigm. We think it, it's, it's meeting employees' needs in a way that just hasn't been met before. That's how we approach the process of going and identifying what's right for you. That paradigm you were talking about, like the multifaceted approach where it's like you have an advisor, you have an app, you have many things at your fingertips, sounds like it's going to be like a really interesting option, especially in this world where like a lot of stuff's just online and a lot of stuff is just at everyone's fingertips and that accessibility makes a world of difference. We see with a lot of HR leaders and HR teams that we serve is they think that this is a benefit that only really big companies can offer. At Nava, we only serve the SMB and mid-market. So our clients are between you know, 25 to 50 employees to about 500 employees. And that's where we're laser focused. And I will tell you with confidence that financial wellness as a, as a benefit is absolutely relevant for your population and we can do it cost effectively. So that's one thing that I, uh, maybe a myth that I wanted to spell. No, that's really important to talk about. And that's cool. Like I literally, just before you said that, I didn't even imagine that you could have a 10 person company and still be able to offer something like this. Yeah, it varies based on the size, but it's absolutely something that you can move the ball forward on in you know 2023 for sure. Yeah. And I actually have one final question for you. So this podcast airs on Fridays. So my final favorite question is to ask you what you're looking forward to this weekend. Great question. So I live in the mountains of Park City, and we have recently gotten a lot of snow over the last couple of weeks. So this weekend, I'm looking forward to taking out the skis and maybe trying to find some of that snow up in the Wasatch Mountains. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. I love skiing, but I'm up in the Northeast where everything's pretty icy and weird until we get more into like January. Yeah, this is very early season for us. So we'll see. I'm 50-50 on whether I can find it, but I, I like my chances. I hope at the very least the search for snow is a fun one. And if you're able to hit the slopes, you have a good time too. Always is. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a pleasure. Yeah. Likewise, thank you for having me. And like I said at the beginning, we're happy to help anyone who's looking to learn more about this. This is kind of the innovative side of benefits is where we really focus and spend a lot of time. So I think this is a really important conversation that you brought up. Thank you for having this conversation with me too. Again, I'm Maddie Collins and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.